Thank you for tuning in to the Local Homeschoolers podcast. If you are joining us for the first time today, I would like to introduce myself. My name is Autumn Frisbee, and I am a homeschool mom of three in Jupiter, Florida. Our goal at Local Homeschoolers is to offer homeschool stories from local families and provide alternative education resources across Palm Beach County and beyond. Before we get started on today's episode, I wanted to encourage you to attend the upcoming Alternative Education Expo. This event will take place on April 30th from 2 to 4 p.m. at Journey Church in Jupiter, Florida. Come out to speak with vendors offering alternative education solutions and homeschooling resources in Palm Beach County. It will be a fun family event with activities, raffles, and encouragement for your family. For more information on this event or any other homeschool events in our area, please visit our website at localhomeschoolers.com. All right, and welcome to today's show. Um, I have the privilege of interviewing Erin Lovely of Palm Beach Gardens. Erin has recently been in the news speaking out alongside Governor Ron DeSantis on parental rights and education. Erin spoke about her experience as a parent of a second grader at Marsh Point Elementary School in Palm Beach Gardens and has come on the show today to discuss her story with us. I appreciate you coming on and being willing to share your story with us today. Oh, absolutely. If I can help any parent out there shed some light on some on some things, that's that's what I'm here for, for sure. That's great. So let's just start out. I just love the title of the news interview you did with the governor. I never thought, well, the title was, I never thought I would be a homeschool mom. I think a lot of us can relate to that. Um, can you share with the listeners who may not know your story, how did you arrive at homeschooling? It's kind of a long story, so I'll try to shorten it as best I can. Uh, we moved to the Palm, the Palm Beach Gardens area um, from Celebration, Florida, and it's only been about a year. But we were in uh, the Orlando area for a good seven years, and so got acclimated to there. Didn't know a thing about this area, but everybody kept raving about the schools, and especially the one we were zoned for, which was Marsh Point. We really wanted private school, but it's just way too expensive. And so we thought, you know what? We'll give this a shot. And we have very strong faith. And so we prayed through the whole thing and we just, we landed at Marsh Point, but things started to change pretty quickly within being there. And, you know, the first week they took away the opt out thing for the masks and made it all the mask mandatory. Mm -hmm. And then they changed my son's teacher a month in, they took kids from each class and formed a new class without giving parents a heads up at all. They just did it. And so, you know, when parents aren't allowed into the school, it's a bit scary, especially when you don't know a soul, you don't know anybody Mm -hmm. and you're brand new. And so it's just kept being several little things kept chipping away at my trust, you know? Mm -hmm. And so then this, this teacher comes along and never met her, never got a bio, didn't know anything about her. Um, you know, never saw her classroom, nothing. I didn't know anything. And so we started hearing things pretty quickly about her and we were emailing her cause we had so many questions cause nobody wanted this move, but we had so many questions and she was telling her kids to, that her, that their parents were bullying her. And so we were ba- basically being called bullies and, um, she just started saying things, kind of turning the kids against, against the parents. Mm -hmm. And then she was starting to bring politics into things. And so it was several things that happened, but it was where I drew the line. Everybody has that line that they will draw Mm -hmm. or they'll crack, you know, was the book that she read and I heard about it Thanksgiving morning and he never went back to that class. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So from your experience, it sounds like a little, a few little things were adding up and um, the straw was really the book. And can you explain the book a little bit to the listeners? Yeah, the book is, a, is called Call Me Max and it was a shared reading time. So she chose this book out of hundreds of books. Um, and it's called, like, like I said, Call Me Max. And it's about a little girl who thinks she's a boy. And she says her parents made a, a mistake at birth by calling her a girl because she, you know, doesn't see that when she looks in the mirror and the second page defines what it means to be transgender. So, you know, it just, the book goes on and it explains several things, how she's so confused about which bathrooms to use. And I'm, I'm just appalled going, this teacher chose this book to read to a classroom of seven and eight year olds. Like, I think this is something that needs to be discussed if needs to be discussed in a, in a home. And how did you find out that this was the specific book? My son told me about it. And he, he told me all about it. He told me how he raised, raised his hand and said that, no, this isn't right. You know, God made, made us who we're supposed to be. And she disagreed with him. Um, and so I look, looked it up online and then I called, called the principal and we talked about it. And she never got back with me. I tried to email her and she never got back with me. But the principal was gracious enough to get back gracious. I say that very light lately <laughs> because he just said that this is a book amongst many others like it that are a district requirement in each public school in our area. And so knowing that there were more, and he said, but we chose as a school to not read it. And she just didn't get that mem memo, which would have been of vital importance. Yeah. But they're pulling from a book list that has many other books of equal information that they're, that they're presenting to second graders. That's the thing. And she never even gave us like a permission slip or a heads up or as parents saying, Hey, we're going to cover some controversial things, you know, cause there are people that may, may support that book, but they also don't want a stranger talking about that kind of stuff in a classroom. You know, that's whether you support it or not. I think that goes beyond the line of what, you know, it's going beyond the parents. It's overreaching. Yeah. Well, and like you said, I think that um, they're turning kids uh, against their parents and um, really parents aren't even able to be involved in what is being presented. And this is the whole premise behind Ron DeSantis' bill of parent parental rights and education, um, hoping that that will get the parents back the rights in these schools who are really um, the school systems just putting political agenda before education. It blows my mind. Like what happened to just teaching these sweet little innocent minds how to read and write and, you know, cur cur cursive even like let's, let's do something else. The fundamentals of education. And, you know, I just don't, and it's amazing how many parents have reached out to me since this whole thing came out that have said, I had no idea this stuff was being shared. So it's opened a lot of eyes. That was going to be my next kind of question is what can you say to those parents who say, this isn't happening at my school or we are in a good district, this wouldn't happen. Um, how can parents take an active role in really finding out what is happening in their children's schools? Yeah, I would first tell them, yes, it is probably happening in your school in one form or another. Um, we are at Mar Marsh Point was a top 10 or is a top 10. Like in our area, it's the best of the best. And so if it's happening at the best of a best school, it can happen anywhere. And so first off, I think the big red flag is for parents not to be able to be in the school or to walk in the school to see what the um, curriculum is to see. I don't know. I mean, they, you could probably get your hands on that, but we are just shut out of so many things that you just have to have full trust in these adults that are raising your kids. 
Right. So they've removed the parents. Um, the environment is questionable. And um, I think parents in our, you know, in our county need to know that this is going on in the public school and um, to not really be complacent, but to take an active role because these are children and they're there for seven to eight hours a day. Seven to eight hours a day. And there's so many other, you know, things that are going on. Even the kids can talk to one another about these things. You know, my son's heard so many things. So I'm not like trying to shield him from not hearing this stuff. They're going to hear stuff, but you know, parents need to know what the teacher is going to bring up and what they're going to do. And I think just asking questions and being able to volunteer, being able to walk in that school. But if you're not, that's a huge red flag to me. Huge. Most definitely. And so how was it for you to to decide as a family, okay, we're going to homeschool? Uh, Talk about that kind of decision making. Well, it was terrifying because, you know, when COVID first came out, we all homeschooled. Everybody did. You know, we did the virtual thing where everybody was online and it was just a nightmare. It was a nightmare for us and nightmare for so many. So I compared it to that. I thought it was going to be very similar to that where he just got nothing out of what we were doing. But I researched a lot of curriculums. I talked to a lot of moms um, and I found one that's great and it works well for us. And it's still, it's not easy, but it's, it's been so good. It really has. And how long have you been homeschooling now? Oh gosh, since January, I believe we started right after Christmas break. Yeah. Yeah. And as a working mom, how has homeschooling changed uh, your household? Oh gosh, it's chaos because now as a mom, you know, as a mom, we wear many hats anyways, you know, we're always the nurse, the, the cook, you know, the cleaner, like we, we do so many things around a home. And so now I'm a hairstylist. I'm, you know, a, te- a teacher. I'm a chef. I'm, <laughs> I'm a maid. I'm, so it's just adding to the hats and it's just chaos. But you do what you have to do. And I would do it a hundred times over, as chaotic as it is, just to be able to, you know, be there and to see him grow and to watch him learn. It's cool. And I think that happens a lot, you know, um, as a homeschool mom, people think, well, you just want to do that to shelter your kids. Well, there is a certain point of protecting them. You know, they're the most vulnerable and the most influential. And when, um, when teachers who are in authority are putting um, any kind of narrative into their heads, you know, we want to make sure that we know what's going on um, and being attuned to that. So, and that's challenging for parents who aren't, aren't allowed to go into the classroom at this point. I think there's several things that play into this. I think some kids maybe don't say any, anything at all. Um, my son tells me everything, everything. So, um, but I think that there's kids that don't say anything and they hear stuff like this and they may just think, Oh, this parent's overreacting or something and brush it off. Or they may be too busy to even care, or they may look into it, but not know how to get involved, you know? Because I've had so many people reach out and they say, well, how did you get involved? I'm like, you just start running your mouth is <laughs> what you do. You join those Facebook groups of moms that they support one another. And we have the information. We've got the phone numbers, the emails, everything you need to get heard. Well, it's really to take a stand and also to not be complacent with the way things are going. You know, um, it's going to take like locally for us to make any changes for parents to step up and want to be involved. 
And I think that's why a lot of people have turned to homeschooling because it is a part of something that they can do for their child where they're making a difference. It is. And it's so gratifying. It's scary to think about, but it's so gratifying in the long run too, because you get to see those little light bulb moments go off in their heads and you get to see them putting things together and learning, you know, like a, a stranger or somebody who's teaching them these things would never appreciate the small things, you know, the little moments, the little smiles when they finally get whatever the subject is. It's just really, it's really cool. Yeah. And how have you seen your child change since he's been at home? Well, he is so sweet. I can tell you that his mood was changing crazy. I mean, I know he was tired after a long day of school, but he just didn't want to have anything to do with me at all. And I had several moms tell me, that their kids were kind of reacting the same way. So they started hearing what this teacher was saying. So I don't know if it's all just that, but he has really, um, he's just so lovable and just so sweet. And how has it changed your family since you started homeschooling? It's been, it's been hard at times because I'm not able to work like I would like to, but I know for now I'm doing the right thing and I'm doing what we need to do. I feel very strongly in my heart about that. But it's, it's been good. I mean, we're home a lot, obviously, because we're home homeschooling. But we also have a lot of freedom, too. So we could go on Fridays and do, like, field trips together. And so, I mean, it hasn't really changed the family dynamic a ton. It's put a little extra stress on, on me. You know what? The, where, where we moved from, a, a teacher told me, because all the kids were behind after COVID and all this stuff. All the kids were so behind. And the mask wearing, a teacher once said, Aaron, learning has taken a backseat. We are primarily focused on sanitizing and cleaning. And I was like, oh, so these kids are just, you're basically just keeping an eye on our kids all day long. And how has the community response been to you stepping out and um, being on the news and, and just sharing your story? I honestly am overwhelmed with how, and I'm overwhelmed with like, gratefulness and gratitude. Like the community has been so supportive and I've had, I mean, friends of course have reached out and, and said, thank you for speaking up and thank you for saying what you said. And, and I've had, there've been two more kids move out of that class. So it's five total, which has been good. Um, she's still there. She still has a job, but the community has been amazing. I can honestly say I've had people that I've never met reach out to me and say, I had no idea this was going on. So thank you so much. So if I can help anybody, I love it. I know. And I think that your story helps because um, it's a light into what's really going on. Mm -hmm. And the teacher's still there, but also you got to look at the fact that that book was on the book list that the public right. school system gave her to choose from. So, um, you know, it's, it's also like bigger than the teacher's. Mm-hmm. The, the problem spans much larger and wider than the actual teachers at the school. Well, there's so many things, too, that she brought to the class that we're all, even parents that maybe agree with her, they're, they're confused as to why she's still there. Because she's, she's brought up vac- vaccines. She's brought up politics and given extra credit if you get your vac- vaccine. <laughs> like, don't talk, to, don't talk to these children about this stuff. This is a parent's thing, you know? So where do you think that education needs to go from here, in your opinion? I think they need to reel it in and go back to the basics. Say, say, say the pledge every morning, you know, 
And let's start with math. Let's do some English. Let's learn cursive. Let's study a little Spanish. Let's history, real solid American his- history. Why does, why does anybody have to bring a political agenda? Why? I just don't understand it. Help these kids become good cit- citizens and teach what, cause they all say, Oh, they need to learn love and acceptance. I'm like, well, we teach our son that, you know, they see somebody who's disabled and you love and accept them and, or somebody that doesn't look the same as you or whatever, whatever it may be. There's other ways to teach love and acceptance and you don't have to push your agenda on them. And their kids are so confused anyways. There's so much ha- happening in the world that these little minds, they hear everything and they, and they pick it up and they mess with it in their minds. And so they're confused anyways of all those rules and the craziness of the world. So they need school to be a safe place. They need their childhoods back. They absolutely do. It's been robbed, completely robbed. So what advice do you have for parents on the fence to homeschool? I just tell people it's not as scary as you think. You will have moments that are extremely hard, but search the curriculums. It's easier than than you think, because back in the day when I was growing up, homeschool kids were kind of like, oh, they're homeschooled. You know, it wasn't a big it wasn't as big as it is now. And now there's so many resources for parents. There's co-ops, there's groups, there's all sorts of stuff. And you have more, more support than you'll ever know as a home homeschool parent. I mean, so much. Yeah. In our community here in Palm Beach, um, in Palm Beach County, we have a lot of resources. What have you found that's been the biggest benefit for you? Oh my gosh. Well, honestly, Facebook groups have been such a big deal. So we we're, I'm, I'm a part of a few. And so we bounce ideas off of one another. Um, he's enrolled in like a, a P, PE class every single week. So he gets his exercise and we've got extracurriculars. And so you just start to branch out and you make those friends and those connections that are good resources. So you've had, you found a good support system for your homeschool journey. Huge support. I feel, I feel like I'm so much more involved in his life than I ever have been. And I'm his mom. And that's crazy to say, because, you know, you're with them every waking moment, but to be homeschooled, like you just, you're so much more involved and it's wonderful. It's crazy. It's all the things, but it's wonderful at the top. And how has your faith in God strengthened you during this time? I've been a Christian pretty much my entire life. And he's just always there to lean, lean on, to guide, you know, to shoot ideas off of, but I feel like this whole thing has been orchestrated from day one. Cause we were praying so hard, like, Lord, why are all these obstacles happening? Why, why is this, you know, but he created my son to be the one who was going to speak up in class and shed light on all of this. So I feel, you know, God has led us through this whole thing and he won't let you down ever, ever, ever. That's so true. And I feel like, um, I love how you mentioned your son is involved in this too, because it had to have turned his world a little bit, bit upside down as well. Um, bringing him home to homeschool. How did he feel about that? He was excited. He was excited because he just didn't care for that. I mean, he didn't care for, for that school first off, because there was just too many rules. They couldn't sit together at lunch, you know, and he, they always had to have like silent lunch or some, something. Cause somebody was I don't, just so many rules, you know, they just, let them be kids. And so he was excited to come home. This move has been really hard on him. So just to add one more hard thing, you know, so bringing him home and kind of unschooling him, cleaning his mind a bit, 
that's what I wanted to do. And that's so important is to have that time to um, build that relationship again, because I do feel like when they're away from you for so many hours um, and then you decide to homeschool, you know, it can be a little challenging to build that relationship back. Is, you know, to earn that respect. So we've had to have many conversations where I'm like, listen, you would never talk to a teacher this way. Like you're talking to your mom this way. So, you know, so we've had many, many talks, but he's overall, we love it. So I just really appreciate you taking the time to come on today and encouraging anyone who's out there who's thinking, should I homeschool? I know this is going on or maybe giving people a wake up call to what's truly going on in the school system. So because they can't, yeah, they, they can't keep us out. They can't keep us out. The more that people speak up and take a stand, they're going to have to make some changes or they're going to lose. They're going to lose out. You know, people are pulling their kids. What I really want to encourage everybody to do is read this bill. First off, you agree with me or not, read the bill. Because people and you have the media who has taken this bill and perverted it and turned it into something it's completely not. And so this is about the parents and the parents having access and the parents having rights. That bill never mentions the word gay, not once. And so I think people, first off, before they make their minds up, need to read that bill. So where can people reach out to you um, if they have questions or want to hear more about your story? Yeah, um, you can email me if you want to hear more or if you have questions about homeschooling. Email me at emorgan, E-M-O-R-G-A-N 82 at gmail.com. Or you can also find me on Facebook. We hope this podcast has been encouraging for you. If you would like to share your homeschool story or have a local homeschooling resource, please reach out to us at localhomeschoolers.com.